0: The way people actually change is when they get reconnected to the source of life and love, you know, when they get reconnected to the one who by His Spirit can produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control naturally in us. That's how people actually change.
2: That's Pastor John Burke sharing uh, some of the very simple ideas that can have a powerful impact as you seek to reach people for Christ. You'll hear more from him today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John,
3: I really enjoyed uh, my time with John Burke recently. We had a discussion at a friend's house in Houston, Texas. These friends graciously opened their home so that we could uh, get together with a few other friends in the neighborhood, and we put it on tape so others could hear it. Uh, It was a powerful and memorable discussion about loving others authentically, as Christ did. Um, You know, we always get a little easy with that, thinking, can I love like Christ loved? That's the goal. Uh, It's easy for us to get the wrong idea that we can't talk about our faith in public spaces because we think somehow it'll be offensive to somebody. Uh, But John Burke helps us to remove those imaginary hurdles, Mm -hmm. to simply serve others and love others the way Jesus did. And it's refreshing to hear a simple recipe on how to live life authentically. That's what this broadcast is
2: about. Yeah, this is Spirit-Led Living, and uh, John is the pastor and founder of Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. He lives there with his wife, Kathy. They have an adult son and daughter, and he's written a number of books, including Unshockable Love, How Jesus Changes the World Through Imperfect People. And you can get a copy of that book from us here at the ministry uh, at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800-the-letter-A-and-the-word-family. Here now is Jim Daly and Pastor John Burke.
3: John, welcome back to Focus on the Family. Great to be back. (laughs) It's so good to have you. I I appreciate it. You do such great work with the books that you write. They're thoughtful. They're deep. Um, Why in the world did God give you this wisdom? (laughs) (laughs) It's debatable. (laughs) (laughs) What would your wife, Kathy, say? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good. It's good to have you. Great to be here. You're passionate about sharing Christ with others. I mean, it's that simple. I think that's why you're a pastor now, not an engineer, right?
0: That's
3: right. How do you interpret the great commission that Jesus gave to his followers after his resurrection? Go to all the world. What was he talking about?
0: Yeah, I think... um, I think sometimes it's easy to miss God's great heart for every single person on the globe, every person, every nation, doesn't matter where they're from. And um, that's what Jesus was all about. And that's the last thing he said. Let me ask you this, though. I mean,
3: in our humanness, it's easy to put some people in this camp and other people in that camp. And I like this camp. Right. They're fun. They kind of believe the way I believe, kind of easy to have dinner with. Then well, the other camp, they, they really
0: don't want to hang around with them. Yeah. But that's not what the Lord is saying, right? No. It's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, It's comfortable to be around people who are just like you. And all people gravitate that way. I mean, we all do. Mm-hmm. But I think the Lord and what he was saying, you know, when he said, go to all the nations, teaching them about me, I think what he was after is us realizing that there's there's something beautiful as well in all of our differences and diversities that reflect because remember we're we're all made in the image of God. Mm. So there's something even about our differences and diversities that somehow together reflect the the beauty of who God is. Yeah, I mean that is really good. We are in a
3: post-Christian culture now. I mean, there's not that cohesion around certain core values that maybe just 30 years ago, 20 years ago, we would have generally mostly agreed with. It's all fragmented now.
0: No, I've watched it change during my lifetime.
3: Right. Um, In that context, you've identified in the book, unshockable love, you've identified three elements needed for unbelievers to find faith in Christ.
0: What, What are they? Well, and it does have to do with the cultural changes that have happened. So you're right. I you know back in the '80s, um, we were mostly a Christian culture. That's not that long ago. It wasn't that long. Yeah. I mean, as as I was you know growing up and going to college, and if you said, "Do you believe in God?" We all had a common background of understanding of oh, you're talking about the God of Jesus, and I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but but there was there was a judeo-christian culture that we were growing up in well that that really has shifted and what also shifted was that in the 80s people longed for truth it was right. kind of a flag i remember it you know it's yeah. like well what's true what's true what's true and proof and evidence you know it was kind of like we were coming out of our scientific enlightenment understanding we can figure it out what's right what's true Well, that did shift, and what started to happen is um, truth became relative. So, well, our group has a certain truth, and your group has a certain truth, but who's to say your group's truth is better than our group's truth? Right. And and I say that to say that that is the culture that that was the shift that happened really back in the 90s. And and so we're way past that now. That's just an assumption. Now the important thing there is that what I found leading Gateway Church, which is which is a church that we you know we've seen five thousand people come to faith in Jesus out of every background imaginable, every religious background, every lifestyle mm. background. And what I found is that people often take a, a a common pattern. So they meet a Christian who is actually like Jesus toward them, which we can talk more about that later. Yeah, we will. But, but it is, has the attitude of Jesus toward them, for them, I might say. You know, they get the sense that this, this person likes me. Mm. They care about me. They see something in me. And when I'm around them, I, I feel important to them. Um, so that's one. And that that Christian person shares a faith with them. Um, But the second thing is they've got to get to know what I call a tribe of people who are their other Christian friends. And as they get to know those other Christian friends, it's more like a tribal decision. You know, if you you go to tribal cultures, when one makes a decision to start following Christ, it's usually done together in a group Mm -hmm. because they have a group identity. Well, in some ways, that's kind of how people come to faith today. Meaning, it's not necessarily that they bring their whole group to faith, it's that they've got to have friends that they're going to. So, I'm not going to leave my friends who don't believe anything about Jesus, you know, we're just partying and having fun, to leave them to belong with this group that believes in Jesus when I don't know who this group is. So, getting to know friends who are also Christians and having them be their friend isn't also an important part of people coming to faith. Mm. And then the third one is having a safe space where they can learn the dangerous truths of the scriptures, where they can learn God's story. Um, I find that it takes people anywhere from six to 18 months of just learning before they ever come to faith. They've got to understand, because we we truly live in a post-Christian world. They don't know who Abraham was, or these different Bible names, or right. I, I, You know, I've gotten, I've had people ask, you know, when you're quoting chapters and verses, and they're like, you know, what is that? They don't know, and and so helping them just be in a safe place where they can understand the story of God and what God was doing through Jesus to make a way back to the heart of God. You know, uh, the
3: person listening who may not have a relationship with Christ um, is thinking, okay, this sounds like it could be manipulation. You know, you get yourself together with a bunch of your friends and they try to convince you that what Jesus said and did and who he was is all true. And the proof is, hey, look at my friends. It's really not the goal. It's just that community of believers should be a convincing witness about what they believe. Well,
0: it's what Jesus called us. He called the church his body. Now think about that. If we really are his body, then we should be showing people what God is like through us together, Mm -hmm. just like Jesus did in his physical body. He was showing what the unseen God is like living out among people. So he actually literally wants us to do the same thing. Which means we've got to have the attitude and actions of Jesus, but the, the community part is important because at the end of the day, when people aren't searching for truth as a first and primary thing, they are searching for love. Everybody. Yeah, And so if, if a community of followers of Jesus aren't loving, then why would they want to why would they want to That's follow? That's true. I've Jesus? never
3: heard that that testimony. That you know, the Christians were so mean to me and they treated me so poorly. I decided to become one of them. <laughs> I mean, I've just never heard that testimony. No. Right?
0: Yeah, but you've heard the other right a lot. They were that, so
3: loving and kind.
0: Yeah, I couldn't and, and, understand and actually, it. Actually, that was an aha for me. Mm. Um, I had an aha when I was living in California, and I I was I was talking with a guy who was not a Christian, and um, you know, I love apologetics. I love re- analytical engineering mind. So I love the reasons, right? And so he agreed to meet with me, and we we were going to uh, talk through faith issues. And I started going through all the reasons I believe, and you know, trying to convince him. And and um, you know, he'd push back, and we would go, and I'd and I'd argue him down, and this and that. And by the end of it, he said, "Okay, I see. I see what you're saying." And I said, "Great." So you want to follow Jesus? And he goes, no. And I said, well, why not? A plus B equals C. You know, it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, w- why not? He said, because I guess I just don't want to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. It's exactly right. Yeah. But it was also God's wake up call to me. Yeah. Like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm not actually stewarding the heart of God for people. Well, Hmm. Maybe I'm actually making it about me, and you can be manipulative when you make it about you, because that's not the, the that's not what we're trying to do. Right? Um, you know, as as one person said, we're more like one beggar telling another where to find bread. You know, it's good to remember it that way. Yeah that that we're 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 trying to help people see that God is for them, not against them, mm. and He's done everything possible to remove every barrier between them. And himself. Yeah, and sometimes we become the barrier, self-world. right? And that's not,
3: yeah we, we, know, we, we, we end don't up being want, want to be the barrier.
2: Yeah. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Financial Moments with Tom Copeland.
1: If you're in financial difficulty because of increased interest rates or inflation, I imagine that you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed. First, I want to help you obtain God's peace so that you can pray, study God's word, and discern exactly what God wants you to do. Here's some scriptures to meditate upon. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And one of my favorites, 1 Thessalonians 3.16 says, May the Lord have peace, himself continually grant you peace in every circumstances. To learn how to obtain God's peace in difficult circumstances, go to our website, copelandfinancialministries.org, and listen to the other 18 financial moments on this topic. Are you feeling sad, discouraged, or hopeless? Have you lost interest in activities you once found
2: enjoyable, Are you confused about whether this is a passing sadness or depression? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and resource suggestions that address depression. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash depressionpdf. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
3: You have a, uh, an example of a couple from Branson, Missouri, who really began to demonstrate this kind of love to people. I mean, it, it's so simple, but so profound. What what occurred with them when they started to feed people? You're talking in- about Brian and
0: Amy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Brian, Brian and Amy, um, you know, they, they just worked in business. You know, normal Christians going to church and... Um, uh, they had both been divorced and remarried, and so they actually weren 't allowed to serve in their church and So they were having some issues there, so they were like, "Well, Jesus wants us to serve people and so they started praying, "Who can we serve and then they in 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 branson um, it 's a very interesting place' been there many times now but it 's you know it 's an entertainment capital kind of place, but the people who work in the entertainment industry are the working poor, mm. and they live in these extended-stay motels for the most part and move around, and there's a lot. It's meth capital there, mm. believe it or not. Yeah. Mm. And, and you wouldn't think that in Branson, but it is. Mm. And so the, these kids and these families just struggling. And they, they saw that, and they decided, you know what? Let's, just, let's, let's do a, a Thanksgiving cookout for this one motel extended Day motel. And they did. And they started to meet people and actually get to know them and heard their stories and it, it moved their heart. And, um, so they came back and were just visiting. And they said, you know, the, the people down the hall are really struggling. They could really use some help. So they packed up a sack lunch and took it down the hall to them and befriended them. And then they said, they told them someone else who could really use some help. Well, long story short, they just start serving like this and meeting these people and bringing just food or different help things and they realize that these people have physical needs but really their spiritual needs are are even greater. They need to know how God feels about them. So they had uh, had read a book I wrote, No Perfect People Allowed. Um, talking about how Jesus entered into the mess and people's messiness, right? And so they contacted us and said, "Hey, h- help us figure out how to do this." And um, and we said, "Well, come to one of our gatherings where we where we teach pastors." And they're like, "Well, we're not pastors." They're like, it's okay, just come. This is funny because they are pastors today. <laughs> And and so they came. Well, long story short, they they started just just hosting opportunities for these people to come together in the motels and talk about faith. They would show videos. They would lead discussions. It grew and grew. They ended up getting volunteers to help us. Well, at at the high point, um, they were bringing thirteen hundred meals a week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, to, to all the, 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 the motels around. They saw hundreds of people come to Faith in Christ. Hundreds of people come out of addiction. They help people who were either homeless or in these jobs just spinning go through a Jobs for Life program they put on, and 90% keep a job for more than two years afterwards. Wow. So, and all that started by just saying, Lord how can we be like you to the people around us? And you never know what God's going to do. That's a it's big crazy.
3: opportunity, right? When you yeah. say that to the Lord, you'll say,
0: okay, yeah. I'll use He'll you. He'll test you on yeah. it. He'll give you an opportunity.
2: You're listening to Focus on the Family, and we've got a conversation today with Jim Daly and Pastor John Burke about sharing Christ with others in a relational, natural way. And the concepts John is sharing are from his excellent book, unshockable love how jesus changes the world through imperfect people get a copy today and uh, you'll find all sorts of great ideas in there about serving your neighbors and speaking the truth in love contact us today donate as you can and ask for a copy of the book unshockable love our number is 800 the letter a in the word family Let's go ahead and continue the conversation now. Jim asked John Burke to speak to the person who feels overwhelmed with busyness or is fearful about sharing their faith. And here's how John answered.
0: Well, let me tell you a story that I think is a great, a great example of how it can be the things you already do and the things you already love to do. Um, So there was this couple, Doug and and Rosie, who moved to Austin, Texas, where I live, from um, Arizona. They had been involved in the drug culture in Arizona. They moved to Austin to get away from that because they had two young kids and their marriage was kind of on the rocks. So they get to Austin. Doug's business starts taking off, doing great. Their marriage is not doing well. They're new. They're trying to you know figure things out. A guy at work invites Doug to play softball and he loves softball. So he starts playing softball with these guys. Then he finds out some of them are Christians, go to a church together. He grew up going to church and then When you met Rosie and, you know, they hooked up and started doing drugs and all this and he kind of faded. Well, at the same time, Rosie uh, meets some women at their preschool who are meeting up in a park. They all have young kids. So they're just meeting up in a park to let the kids play and enjoy some time together. So she starts doing that to make friends. She finds out that they're, some of them are Christians and she's an atheist because, because Rosie was abused as a child. And she couldn't possibly imagine a God who would love her and yet allow that to happen. And that's what turned her to atheism. So she kind of pushes back on them and lets them know she's an atheist. And they love her. They're just like, you know, okay. And so she really likes them. And she keeps going. Well, one night, Doug has a dream. And in the dream, someone invites him to church. And he says, yes. And in the dream, he ends up at this church and they say, do you just want to watch or, or do you want to be a part? And he says, be a part. And he, he finds himself in the middle of this thing. And the next day, he goes and plays softball and they invite him to come to church. <laughs> and because he had that dream, he's like, okay, I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Well, he goes home expecting to have a major fight you know, just knock down, drag out with Rosie, who never wanted anything to do with church or God at all. The weird thing is, that same week, Rosie's friends had invited her to go to their church, and because she liked them so much and didn't want to disappoint them, she had said yes to them. So Doug and Rosie end up fighting about whose friends matter more and which church are we going to. (laughs) (laughs) So Doug was a salesman, and uh, he won. (laughs) And so they're driving in that Sunday morning to Doug's friend's church, and Rosie goes, your friends go to Gateway Church? My friends go to Gateway Church. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) True story. I'm not making it up. Uh, They had both encountered what we call networks of Christians just doing life together and inviting friends who might not know the Lord to be a part of it. And they started coming, and so they had friends. They had someone who showed them what Jesus is like, and then they started learning at our church in a safe space to understand the gospel, to understand what, what Christ had done. And six months later, Doug gave his life to Christ. A year and a half later, Rosie did, and they both became leaders in our church at the center of everything. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is that's but, a great story. It is a great story, but my point is, it's not that difficult.
3: Yeah. I, that is an excellent point. When you look at the New Testament, it seems, if you look at it like uh, billboard signs, the two that jump out at me is one, salvation through Christ and Christ alone, and don't become a Pharisee. <laughs> Those are kind of the two billboards, right? It is. But we, yeah. we, really, we emphasize the first, the importance of salvation through Christ and in Christ, but we do ignore not becoming a Pharisee.
0: Well, it's and it's interesting because after I wrote Unshockable Love, and it is all about the attitudes and actions of Jesus versus the attitudes and actions of the Pharisees. So, uh, you're familiar with the Barna Group, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah, Keneman.
3: Yeah. So researcher, yeah,
0: researcher. They do polls of Christian America. So I got them actually to take those attitudes and actions of Jesus versus the Pharisees and poll Christian America. Okay, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> put
3: my seatbelt on. Okay. Well,
0: so 14% of Christians had both the attitudes and actions of Jesus. 51% had both the attitudes and actions of the Pharisees. And then, of course, the rest were in between. Now, now here's what I would say. It's not a black and white. It's a, it's a gray scale, and we all slide one way or the other. A lot. Throughout month, the day. Month to month, maybe throughout the day. You know, if you think about some of the ways Jesus treated people or his actions, you know, he, he ate with people. Uh, you know, Matthew was a tax collector and invited all his party and friends, and he's he's eating with them. So we could ask ourselves the question, when was the last time I did that? Well, that's an action of Jesus. So there are things like that, right? And And I think what's important is to recognize that We don't ever intentionally become pharisaical. Correct. We slide into it, Hmm. and we do. John, for the person who's going, okay, I, I resonate with what
3: you're saying. I am a busy person. I probably haven't given this much attention or enough attention at all. What are some things they could do differently tomorrow, tonight? that could begin to change, actually, their enthusiasm for their faith, because they'll start to see the Lord really move. Oh,
0: that's the thing, thing, Jim, (laughs) is like you want to grow your relationship with God. Start trusting him, and here's how you trust him. Just say, Lord, I want to be a witness for you, and start praying for the people he's already put in your life. He's already put people in your life. They're at work. They're on the little league field. They're, your neighborhood. They're in your neighborhood. Yeah. You can walk your dog, you know. It's there are all kinds of ways. Start praying. And then you know, think about the person of peace. So Jesus, you know, Jesus said, Go into the village, and if there's a person of peace that opens up to you, go there, stay there. So as you do this, you're 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 getting to know people, you're planting seeds, and then when you see that kind of opening of a person of peace peace, then build relational momentum there. Find ways to serve them. Find ways to care about them. Mm. Um, and when when the opportunity comes, just start to tell them how God feels about them.
3: It's so good and so important. This is how the gospel gets shared, right? And, this is- and
0: remember, you're not doing it in your own power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you'll be my witnesses. Well, this has been so good. Thanks for uh, sharing this, your great book, Unshockable
3: Love. It's a wonderful guide to how to engage people for
2: Christ. Thank you. Well, thanks. What a great conversation Jim Daly had with Pastor John Burke and a group of Focus friends in the audience. They're in Houston, Texas. And Jim, John really reminded us of how It's exciting to share the good news in a natural, winsome way just kind of every day. I love hearing that. It takes
3: the pressure off. All you got to do is present it. The message is contagious. Mm. And actually, knowing Christ and sharing his love is contagious. Sometimes we make things so complicated that fear may grip us, and we step back. We don't take the opportunity. But it all starts with having a heart for others and being available, um, you know, to listen to the Spirit of God. When we're faithful to live as ambassadors for Christ, the ripples go on forever, and uh, what an impact we can have in our neighborhoods and communities, and If you've enjoyed this conversation, connected with it, uh, let me ask you to consider supporting Focus on the Family Canada. Uh, By doing so, we can reach more people, help more families across Canada, and the team there is doing such a great job. I wish everybody could sit in on a board meeting for Focus Canada and just see the innovation, the creativity in which that team applies ministry for families across Canada. If you can do that monthly, it's great. If you can do it one time, that's good too. Uh, also, go to the website and order the book directly from Focus Canada, and when you do, all the proceeds go right back into ministry.
2: Yeah, donate as you can monthly if at all possible, and uh, our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or you'll find details at focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back next time as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.